Well, hello, everyone. I believe we have uh, some big things to talk about today. Welcome uh, to our host Oscar nominations Twitter space. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, joined by uh, a couple of my colleagues. We've got Entertainment Weekly Editor-in-Chief Patrick Gomez. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning. Earlier morning uh, for you than for me, but I was the anticipation. I was up. I was up anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I I just took my laptop to my bed and and sat right there and worked. Uh, and we also have Entertainment Weekly senior movies editor Joshua Rothkoff. Hello, Josh. How's it going? Hey, Jared. Can you guys hear me? Just one. We, we can indeed. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. This I actually haven't gone to sleep since I flew back from Park City last night. So are you? Are you serious? <laughs> I am wow. serious. Wow. It's been, it's been one of those days. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Well, you are a trooper, and uh, I, I hope Sundance was fantastic, uh, albeit uh, I know it was quite cold. Um, but uh, <laughs> but hopefully you guys had a great time there and saw lots of, lots of good movies. Um, speaking of good movies... Uh, we had a lot of nominations this morning, um, and certainly some things to, uh, to break down. First, let me lead with this. I want to tell everyone, uh, who led the nominations, uh, which was everything everywhere all at once with 11 nominations followed by, uh, Netflix's German film, All Quiet on the Western Front and The Banshees of Inna Sharon. Those both got nine. Elvis. Uh, got eight nominations. The Fablemans got seven. Uh, I do want to note that a movie that folks thought would get a lot of technical nominations, uh, and it picked up a few, uh, but not as many, I think, as folks thought. Avatar, The Way of Water got four nominations. Uh, one of those is for Best Picture. One of those is not for Best Director. James Cameron uh, not nominated. He was one of those kind of he could, maybe, maybe he won't. Uh, lots of folks think that, um, you know, the uh, Academy voters might just kind of wait for this franchise to be done and then uh, award him um, big then. Of course, that's going to be several years before we see how that plays out. But um, let's run through the Best Picture nominees, shall we, you guys? Uh, I think they were all pretty much expected in alphabetical order. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Banshees of Inna Sharon, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Um, I, I think the ones that maybe were possibilities here that didn't make it in would have been uh, Babylon or, uh, oh gosh, what's the other one that people thought might make it in? Um, there was There were a lot of people who might have... Who were excited about RRR? Yes, and that was and, the other one. Thank you. And I and I think that that's an interesting takeaway is that um, the the public enthusiasm for that and being in those crowds is just galvanizing. Yeah, it's not quite the same as Ampus voters, and um, you know, we, I I guess it would have been a, a wonderful thing to have that international film in the bracket, especially after it wasn't India's selection right. for best international. But uh, I am glad that Women Talking crept into that. 10th slot um because there were a lot of a lot of people were wondering what that film was going to be yes and uh sarah polly the director she was not nominated but her screenplay is for um adapted screenplay worth noting that uh no women uh made it into uh the director field this year um not <sighs> entirely it, it's weird i i'm like joy we we have uh do have it listed on our our uh snubs article which we'll we'll really dissect here in a second uh it's it's interesting um that there were no women we 
not that any of them were necessarily front runners uh, during the season, but it's not for any shortage of fantastic films made by women. It's just that uh, there were a lot of other movies that, um, you know, were, were really kind of leading the convert, the, the director conversation, but thoughts on that, Josh or Patrick? I, I mean, it just to quickly, it's, it's, it's too bad because it seems like a lot of really good progress has been made yeah. in recent years. If you think about Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog and mm-hmm. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, both of them won. And in the year that Chloe won, Emerald Fennel was yeah. also nominated, right, for, for Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. So the idea of Sarah not making it into the bracket is tough, especially since her film got nominated for Best Picture. But she's nominated for Best um, for Best screenplay and also yeah. she's been nominated for best screenplay in the past too so yeah i i think what's interesting here is you know um we have for, for directory of martin mcdonough from banshees of sharon the daniels from everything everywhere all at once steven spielberg for fableman's todd field for tar and ruben osland for triangle of sadness it's tough like as much as i would have loved to seen uh sarah in here it, it, it's also tough to look at this list and say well i would have cut this person out or that one was a huge surprise exactly. <laughs> um, i think rube i think ruben's probably the biggest um not surprise but um i think that like if if you had to take one off like i would have guessed that he's probably um lowest on the list of, yeah. of votes but that being said he totally makes sense there as well so it's not, it's you know at least it's not a scenario where you know we're going to probably talk about another category where there's some um diversity uh yeah. issues and and this one i think is uh, less egregious only because there's no surprises that made right. it in instead right. yeah. yeah um yeah okay so before we get into uh those uh, egregious oversights uh in another category <laughs> uh, let's talk about something happy for a second some of the surprises uh i will admit uh, to an audible gasp when uh Riz Ahmed and uh uh, uh williams um uh, thank you, Alice Williams. Uh, announced uh, Brian Tyree Henry in the supporting category for Causeway. I I will say um, Josh has been a big champion of this one and was like, we've got to put him on the cover of our Awardist Digital magazine, and we did do that. Uh, and and I'm so happy to um, uh, hear his name. He, by the way, is over the moon. He's on the set right now, uh, uh, on set filming, and he's just um, <laughs> very surprised himself. <laughs> and then Andrea Riseborough is someone who, uh, on this week's episode of the Awardist Podcast, Patrick, you and I discussed this with Dave Carter about how there is this really, um, this, this A-list star-backed campaign for Andrea Riseborough and her movie, to Leslie. Um, and, you know, he, he said it's all about the numbers game and the way that this preferential voting uh, happens. And it worked. It worked in her favor. Uh, she has the same team, uh, a lot of the same team as Penelope Cruz, who landed a bit of a surprise nomination uh, last year for Parallel Mothers. Um, thoughts on on both of those? Uh, because uh, it, it's not a surprise in terms of like, wow, how did these people who turned in bad performances get nominated? They're both very good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to your, uh, you know, uh, Dave Carger, uh, longtime EW family member, um, currently our awards correspondent, um, spoke a lot about this on the podcast. So if you want to hear more about Andrea, if you're if you are listening to this and are like, wait, who or what? <laughs> um, definitely give a listen to that podcast because we spend a, a pretty significant amount of time discussing um, this kind of like meteoric rise into the race. Um, and I think what's what's here the, again to your point, it's not that the performance was undeserving. Um, it's just that. You know, to to someone that's not paying as close attention to the race as we have been, um, you know, you get most of your indicators from 
watching the other award shows, from seeing who was nominated for a Globe, a Critics' Choice, you know, hearing who else was getting nominated at all of the Guild Awards. And uh, Andrew Riseborough was not a name that we were hearing as part of those. Um, and that was part of the campaign. Uh, yeah. And I think that's really interesting. You know, it really, it really relied on these uh, small grassroots um, A-list kind of social media campaigns of people... Um, people just uh, celebrities kind of tweeting to each other mm-hmm. like everyone's got to check this out and it, and it's it, it's it worked uh it's worked twice in a row so penelope and andrea's teams they deserve raises mm-hmm. and uh, yes. I'm sure everyone i'm sure everyone will be um looking to hire them next yeah time. and regarding brian tyree henry uh, apart from the the coveted ew bounce that he got i think that that was definitely <laughs> put- <laughs> but, i mean in all serious no and, and modestly as i could say it this is a performance that I've been crazy about since I saw it last summer. And, but, but the film, I mean, this is being completely diplomatic here. Causeway, it, it failed to ignite in a lot of ways with audiences, but it just goes mm. to show that sometimes, um, you know, there are other factors than these indicators. Like you're saying, it's not necessarily about nominations. Sometimes it's about critical support. And, um, and, and in Brian Tyree Henry's case, I mean, he was, he is doing excellent work opposite Jennifer Lawrence, who's also returning to a kind of indie mm-hmm. form. Um, you know, I think that it was, I think it was buzz. I think it was, it was slow building. And I think you could say the same thing for Paul Mescal in After Sun, who, yeah. who was another, I wouldn't say a surprise nominee, but it was definitely on the bubble in Best Actor. He's made it into that mm-hmm. bracket. And I think it's because these smaller indie-ish movies can rise if they have critical support. I know it's always so hard to yeah. factor in critics when it comes to the races, but I think they're a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, a movie that was not small was uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And uh, she, if you would ask people, uh, you know, back in, when did the movie debut in November, uh, if, if, uh, Angela Bassett was going to be a nominee. And we did ask that on the awards podcast. Most people were saying, "Uh, I don't know how that happens. Um, but I don't know. There was just something about when I watched that movie, I was like, people are going to get behind this. I think the cast is going to get behind her really. And like push for some recognition. And, and it happened. She has been, uh, not just getting, nominations in the precursor awards but she has been winning those precursor awards uh critics choice golden globe and uh she today becomes the first uh acting nominee from a marvel movie um do you guys think uh, anyone before her in a marvel movie should have received the nomination i gave this a little bit of thought and the only one that comes to mind for me is robert downey jr in the first iron Mm. man and and downey you know, he's he's been Oscar nominated twice before that. He was Oscar nominated for Chaplin in 1993, yeah. which is a movie that I think a lot of people have sort of forgotten. But he's extraordinary in that. And also, he was he was Oscar nominated for Tropic Thunder in a very daring yes. performance in 2009. But but uh, I think that that first Iron Man, in a way, which is kind of kicking off the whole MCU, really sets the tone both for the the comedy of the MCU. And also the sort of pathos that he brought, and that was part of his his big comeback. Mm-hmm. That would be the only one I can yeah. think of. Patrick, what do you think? I would I would actually say uh, I would have loved to seen Tom Holland um, get oh, attention yeah. for the most recent uh, Spider Man. He was so fantastic in that movie. Carries it it beautifully, both the both the emotional moments and to your point, the comedy uh, as well. Um, you know, obviously in the MCU. 
uh, his his Spider Man um, looks to looks to Iron Man and Tony Stark as an idol, and they're you know they're they're following each other's footsteps there as well. Um, Josh, I, I I would love to hear your thoughts because um, I'm trying to remember correctly. I, I remember we were split in the in the newsroom about Angela's chances uh, when Black Panther was released. What do you think about this this journey she's had? It's an amazing journey, and she's definitely due, as they say, as people say. You know, someone is due. Mm-hmm. But I, I I remember I wrote up a, a, a post about this. The idea that sometimes in terms of breaking into the bracket, it's a numbers game. Right. Sometimes it's it's not a question of how the movie's received or how great the performance is so much as how many people will see Black Panther. There is no other movie, maybe with the exception of Avatar, that will be seen by more people in terms of Oscar uh, Oscar films. Excuse me. And so so maybe that's part of the factor. You know, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. Angela Bassett, clearly the best part about Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, agree. And and I think I agree with your uh your take on Robert Downey Jr. as well. I, I remember watching that movie and in the aftermath, people talking about how great he was. And I started thinking, well, could he be the uh you know, when when Johnny Depp was nominated for the first Pirates of the Caribbean, because I felt there right. were, you know, some of those kind of similarities in the um, you know, the tone of the performance uh and the fun they were having, but also really delivering the goods. Um and unfortunately that one didn't happen, but uh, you know, obviously the uh the Marvel universe, um lots of lots of incredible actors they they've brought in. So um very happy for Angela and hopefully more to come from these folks. All right, do we dare? It's time to get into the snubs, you guys. Oh. Uh, so, in addition to we've mentioned James Cameron, uh, Paul Dano also uh, was pretty widely expected to be nominated for uh, uh, the Fablemans. Tom Cruise was kind of on the cusp. Paul Mescal ended up getting that spot. Uh, lots of folks thought uh, Taylor Swift was going to be nominated for her song uh, for the film uh, where the Crawdads sing. Uh, we've talked about the female directors. Uh, uh, lots of folks also thought uh, cinematographer Claudio Miranda was going to be nominated for. Or Top Gun Maverick, uh, just some really incredible work he did there. If I'm not mistake, mistaken, Josh, he also got his pilot's license yes. <laughs> for this film. I mean, it's, wow. it's insane. And, and most predictors and prognosticators had Top Gun Maverick at the number one slot for, I think yeah. for a nomination. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that Gold Derby, Variety, a lot of other publications, were, and, and it's, it's extraordinary work. If you think about Top Gun Maverick, it really is a visual film. Another snub that mm-hmm. isn't being discussed as widely is the snub for nope which got nope mm-hmm. nope nominations mm-hmm. and, and, and nope. i think yep. that hoyt van hoytema's 70 millimeter cinematography in that film is extraordinary that also has a creature design that is unlike anything in an, any kind of sci-fi movie um yeah that really really should have been a, some kind of a factor in the race I thought there was momentum there for Kiki for like a split second. Um, (laughs) There was that split second. She was everywhere and was getting a little bit of these surprise nominations. And I really thought that there was possibly a chance and was really happy for her. Um, But of course that didn't work out for supporting actress, but um, in the future, Kiki. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yeah. Oh, she, she's young. Lots more great stuff to come from her. Okay. So then that brings us to the really big snub uh there are actually two of them uh which are both in the lead actress race uh lots of folks right here uh on twitter where where we are right now uh are talking about uh this category lead actress uh so the nominees are uh anna de armas for blonde 
Kay Blanchett for Tar, Andrea Riseborough, who we've talked about for To Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, which means that Viola Davis, who was pretty much considered a lock for her performance in The Woman King, and Danielle Deadweiler, who seemed very promising for her performance until were both shut out of that uh, category. Um, so... First thing I will say, two incredible performances by those women, but then there's an extra added layer here uh, that they are both, of course, black women. And uh, the category, uh, aside from Michelle Yeoh, is very white. Uh, lots of folks saying Anna de Armas. Uh, and Andrea Riseborough took their spots. Even some saying like, uh, you know, Michelle Williams, she she was missing out on some of those recent precursors. So her nomination seemed very iffy. Uh, but what what are what are your initial thoughts here? Your your take on these snubs? It's a tough one. It's a real tough one as well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's hard not to come to at least the conclusion that um, even when you have a great performance like Daniel Deadweiler and Till. And you play the the money game and you do the spend and you do the campaign and you hit the trail mm -hmm. and you still get yeah. forced out of the bracket. That's a hard one. And at the same time, you know, these mornings are always a little bit of positive, a little bit of negative. It's bittersweet. Like yeah. when someone like Brian Tyree Henry makes it into the bracket, it has to be seen as as win, especially for representation. Yeah. So I don't know. It's tough. I, I am not a fan of Blonde. And I have no problem saying it, but clearly Anna's total immersion, total commitment to that role, even working with a director who didn't seem to love Marilyn Monroe at all, um, that carried the day. And sometimes, sometimes at the end of the day, it has to do with these like daring deep dives. What's tough though, is that, is that I would say that Viola and, and Danielle, like they committed as yeah. well. And yeah. so that's, that's, what's really tough not seeing there. That being said, and, 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 you know, it's funny because, you know, we were speaking, uh, for the podcast that was released yesterday, Jared, with, with mm -hmm. Dave Carger, you know, Michelle Williams was also on the bubble. Like yeah. Michelle Williams was one of those people that we were like, well, she didn't get a SAG nomination. So yeah. like, who knows if she'll make it there? Of course, yeah. gonna, um, I'm going to, I'm going to use Josh's wording and she got the EW cover bump, yeah, that's right. um, that's right. <laughs> cover of our, our, our Oscar <laughs> kickoff issue. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, it's it's interesting. This this category was one of the most um, volatile in terms of yeah. in terms of who was going to end up there. That being said, at the end of the day, I really do think that it's still uh, a two actor race between Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett for the actual win. Um, I could be pleasantly surprised, or maybe not pleasantly surprised. I think those are those are deserving to be the two front runners. But I could be surprised on on Oscars night. But I I think that the nomination for the, for Anna, Andrea, and mm -hmm. Michelle are, is is the win here. Mm -hmm. Williams, yeah. that and is. Right, right. And worth noting that Viola and Danielle both uh, received uh, SAG nominations. So um, the, 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 the carryover from that certainly did not apply uh, to that category, the actors branch, um, you know, not uh, not following the suit of their fellow actors uh, and those nominations. Um, yeah, so that one, I, that one is really heartbreaking. This I, I have to say though, I have to say though, like, yes, those snubs were really, were really big, but, um, mm -hmm. I thought there was, there was, um, in the supporting actor category, there was a lot more surprises to me than, than I thought, you know, Judd Hirsch is fantastic Judd, in yeah. the Women's, but has a very small role in it compared to Paul Dano, who I think yeah. is a very quiet, but powerful performance, um, mm -hmm. as, 
as Michelle Williams' uh, character's husband in that. And so to see um, Judd kind of be placed in there in place of him in, in yeah. a way um, is super interesting. Um, and uh, Brendan Gleeson um, also uh, getting nominated for Inishirin along next to Barry Keough, um, yeah. Huey Kwan. Um, the, the category is stacked, but um, people were thinking that Eddie Redmayne was yes. going to be a, be a contender here as well. And so it's just, it's it's interesting to see the shakeup um, be this yeah. this one. I was I was expecting some surprises in in um, actress, um, but supporting actor, mm. I was I was surprised that this is the final list. Yeah, and to the point of uh, you know the our podcast that was released yesterday, uh, you, you know you mentioned Eddie Redmayne. It's really a lead performance, uh, but uh, you know he he was put in the supporting categories. Perhaps that was his choice, or he he was urged by others. Uh, I I don't know if he could have made it in uh, to the bracket in the lead actor race uh, if he would have had a better shot there. Um, but uh, that said, if you've not seen uh, his work in that film, I think it's perhaps the best of his career. Uh, so, so be sure to check that out. He, w- uh, he would have well. been the only best actor nominee to be a previous, uh, yes. Uh, nominee. Yeah. We have a yes. whole new, whole new crop of best actor nominees. Yeah. Yes. First timers in that category. Also, I uh, want to give huge congratulations to John Williams, who is now the oldest, uh, Oscar nominee ever at 90 years old. I think this is like his 400th nomination. Um, <laughs> I, I joke. It's, it's 30 something, perhaps. Do you, do you recall Josh off the top the of your head or number, Patrick? But it's so, it speaks to the longevity of his career. I think you could, you could oh, say the same thing. Uh, oh, go right ahead. It's his 48th. Wow. I'm sorry to interrupt you. 40. Uh, well, uh, sorry for score. His overall total of fifty-three nominations is the most for any living person, second only to Walt Disney, who had fifty-nine. Okay, and sorry to interrupt and, you. And well, isn't well, his first win for like the Omen or something. I mean, it's a long, or maybe not not the Omen. I forget which one it was, but it's a long career of. Long and and yeah. I think you could say also the same thing for Judd Hirsch, who just did break mm-hmm. a record for. The longest span between nominations, 42 years now, yeah. between his first nomination for Ordinary People and now this nomination for Fablemans. And I think that he's mm-hmm. kind of the, uh, saluting that kind of longevity and someone who ha- clearly has to reinvent themselves after four decades or, you know, in John Williams, yeah. even more. <laughs> I think that that's that's an amazing achievement. Mm hmm. Uh, and just for the record, uh, his first win uh, was for Fiddler on the Roof in 1972. Uh, He's won for Fiddler on the Roof, Star Wars, um, E.T., uh, Schindler's List. Um, those were his score wins. And he's won uh, a fifth one for Best Original Song, Moonlight, um, which appeared in the remake of Sabrina, um, starring Harrison Ford and Julia Armand from 96. Um, we also have to give a shout out to um, Steven Spielberg, who uh, yeah. extended his record of being nominated for director in the most number of decades. He went from five to six this year, wow. Um, wow. which is just <laughs> incredible. That's really staggering. Uh, uh, and certainly deserved for the Fablemans. Um, so I think the last question I will ask you guys here is who were you really worried uh, would not get a nomination this morning? Who did end up getting one? Someone you really were rooting for, but thought, uh oh, it may not happen. Well, uh, I mean, obviously for me, Brian Tyree Henry was not just a surprise, but I, I was rooting for him, and he was right on the bubble like Eddie Redmayne was, you know, number six, mm-hmm. number five, and and then it, it crossed my mind that um, Michelle Williams, who does really extraordinary work, 
movie after movie and just never can catch a break. There's, you know, category <laughs> fraud. And I just think about how great she was in Manchester by the Sea and Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. She's done, she should have had like three Oscars already. So I thought to myself, uh, it's going to be another year where she's going to get, you know, screwed out of a nomination. So I'm glad she snuck in there. What, what about you, Patrick? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I have to say, uh, everyone loves Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, yeah. Uh, but Stephanie Hsu, I am so glad. I, I'm yeah. also I'm also currently finally catching up on the most recent season of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, mm. um, which she's very fun in as <laughs> yep. well. Yes. Um. So I'm 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 very much a, a fan of hers and, and thought that she might not make it in here. Um. And was very happy to see to see her. Um. That that's a movie. Uh, that is a movie that I think if you saw it the first time, you probably were too busy processing everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. On second viewing, you really do appreciate the performances and and everything they're doing everywhere all at once in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also I also um, was really happy to see Hong Chao um, nominated. Yes. Of course, we all love uh, uh, Brendan and the Brennesans, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but I, I actually do think that she probably gives to me to his his performance obviously carries the movie and is in his uh, you know deserves the attention it's getting. But I think she gives the best performance of that film yeah 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 um i will add uh the one i i was a little worried about the daniels in the directing category uh i i thought they were pretty much a lock but uh i just had this tiny brewing uh worry for them uh and i'm so glad to see them there because uh they created one of the most uh unique and original things that uh, i think a lot of folks have seen in in many years so well um, but they 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 forced him to separate they couldn't be the daniels had to go by each individual name yes. here apparently mm-hmm. but yes. yeah <laughs> yeah well when that when that envelope's open and if their name is in it i i hope whoever presents just says the daniels I'll, also uh, quickly just a yeah. small plug here if you haven't seen after sun and you don't even really, or, or, or normal people for that matter, don't know who Paul Mescal is, get to work. Yes. Start watching these things. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he's going to be a huge, huge star. And it, it's a weird coincidence now that he'll have an, he has an Oscar nomination before a lot of people, I think, even really know him. But he's going to be in a, a new Gladiator sequel that they're going to be shooting in a year. You know, yes. he's, he's in a, he's, he's in Merrily We Roll Along, which is the new Rich Linklater movie. So, He's going to be a big star, and this is a good way for it to kick it off. Indeed, incredible actor. Uh, Definitely check that out. Uh, Also, uh, I do believe uh, we already have up at EW.com where you can watch all of the Best Picture nominees. So you can start. uh, Yeah, yeah, you can start checking those out. Lots of coverage, reactions, uh, more on uh, the snubs and surprises, uh, and some other uh, just like fun, um, fun stories, some fun tidbits uh, from from uh, this morning's news. So uh, I I have to give a shout out. Yes, please go to the site. There is uh, a fantastic piece that is coming up very shortly. So giving you a little sneak preview uh, if you're listening to this live, um, uh, a piece about how uh, playing Marilyn Monroe gets so much more attention than the actress herself did. Well, she's a lot Yeah, yeah, so true, so true. And we also spoke with Andrea Riseborough this morning uh, about her nomination. So, so be on the lookout for that as well. All right. Well, Patrick and Josh, thank you uh, for for joining me here. Thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, if you um, are, feel so inclined, be sure to follow us uh, on the Awardist. You can check out uh, our, our podcast and uh, uh, follow that there, as we will have a lot more uh, this season. Um, and of course you can uh, obviously you're already following us here on Twitter but also we have more coverage at uh, on, on Instagram and on EW.com so be sure to check all of that out. Thanks to all of you guys for tuning in 
And uh, Patrick and Josh, I'll see you back on Slack. Nice talking to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm making both of you take a nap. <laughs> eventually, eventually. Oh, we'll get there. To do. <laughs> uh, it never ends. Yeah. That's all right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye, everyone.